A tree does not stand alone. This is a story of personal growth. I was brought up in the countryside of the Chilterns, an area of natural beauty. You would not guess about my countryside history because I am largely ignorant of flora and fauna. My parents were Londoners and after the war moved to the picturesque town and our village road in 1946. The road was in a steep valley with beech woodland and various farms. At the entrance to the road was a really smelly pond next to a cow field. Our bungalow was small, 20 foot square, and made of bombed, reclaimed bricks from London. Not a lot of cement, and by year 2001, it pretty well fell down because the mortar had all gone. It was one of the few brick houses on the curvy, single-track road. Other dwellings were wood cabins or caravans. We were known as gypsies. My friend, his sister and I were about the same age, and our playground was the countryside, of which we knew no technical horticultural stuff, but we liked looking at the pigs on the local farm and falling off the haystacks. We knew not to eat red things that we found in the woods, and were wary of nettles. That was about the extent of our nature knowledge. Many action man toys were scattered around the woods, up trees, buried, and in hedgerows, waiting. Waiting for us to one day remember where we might have put them. Some may still be there. The squirrels were under constant threat of assault, but rather too quick. The River Thames was but a bike ride away, and entertained us at the crowded lock and all the swans. The village was relentlessly developed over the decades, and is now an expensive commuter dormitory, and much of the woodland now a mere token of its previous wilderness. The bungalow was demolished by blowing at it, and a new house built and occupied by my nephew. Forward in the passage of time, and I find my heathen self helping out in my mother-in-law's garden in Edgebaston. There are a range of trees, and I recognise a conker. Gradually, my interest in the trees grows as I plod up and down, mowing the extensive lawn. For a reason I now forget, I attend a meeting in the city centre about open spaces. I have been sailing at Edgebaston Reservoir for decades, so open spaces were important. At this meeting in 2016, the opportunity of tree warden training was promoted and was free. Along I went to the inaugural meeting at Kings Heath Park, which was well attended by folk expecting something that was probably not on offer. The Birmingham Tree People, supported by Birmingham City Council. The monthly training was going to be pretty formal and led by an entertaining tree expert who spoke in a mixture of Brummy and Latin. Uh-oh, I attended Latin set lessons at school when we weren't roaming the woods, but this was different. No tables, farmers and Cicero, but some mosaic language that named trees in an apparently orderly way. I had to research the perpetrator of this system, Carl Linnaeus, who classified the planet's 90 million living things in a logical manner. Having studied geology for many years, 
where rock is classified and largely named by location, this Latin stuff seemed over the top. I was struggling at the very basic level, trying to identify ordinary trees in their British names, you know, like oak, only to find out that there are many varieties. The oak's Latin name sounds nothing like the word oak. It slowly dawns on me that there is a systematic hierarchy of family, genus and species, and that the word variety is more related to hinds than trees. A tree does not stand alone, although a standard appears to do so. There are deciduous trees that lose their leaves in winter, and others, conifers, that do not, even though some do. Hardwoods are sometimes soft, and softwoods are sometimes hard. There are some really clever people in the committed Birmingham Tree People trainee group, and a few can identify trees from the merest part, like a leaf, and impressively give the everyday name as well as the genus and species in Latin. Sometimes touch and smell come into the identification, known as ID, also Latin. The training dautingly proceeds inviting us to understand the biology of trees, their friends, enemies, the laws governing them, and various management protocols to look after them. There are native trees to understand, champions, veterans and ancient woodland. The latter are characterised by particular accompanying plants and there is now a whole new field of Latin naming with respect to these associated plants. I gradually stripped the local charity shops of any book related to trees. A tree does not stand alone and the root system is more extensive than you can imagine. Surely they get in each other's way. Apparently there is evidence that they communicate favourably with each other and help out. A tree does not stand alone and are attacked by various malicious bugs. My brain is further attacked by the bugs Latin names along with their mode of attack. The elm is a pogrom victim and the bug has successfully wiped out most. I take a trip down to Brighton to view a park full of large elms, a rare place these days. At least the elm's Latin name, Olmus, makes some sense. A tree does not stand alone and has various relationships with fungi. Some are mutually helpful, others life-threatening, and another set converting the tree resources back to a usable, nutritious state. There are different types of fungal rot, undermining the engineered structure of the tree, causing it to fail. I take an autumn holiday in centre parks in a damp woodland and there are many fungi, mushrooms in the vernacular, all over. Fly agaric, a classic red, white-spotted mushroom, reminds me of the world of gnomes. Even Alice in Wonderland gets high on it. Books are now acquired, and a new hero in Roger Phillips introduces me to another world called fungi. Stinkhorn, with a genus name of Phallus, is a pretty accurate reflection of naming by appearance. Linnaeus informs me that fungi are living, 
but are not plants. Lichen are different again and enjoy the hosting tree world. More Latin and I am gradually understanding the complete system, still the subject of debate. The memory phrase, did King Philip come over from Great Spain, sorts out the Linnaeus hierarchy. The from Great Spain is to remind you of family, genus, species. And I am beginning to make connections between the Latin terminology and the classification of trees. Pronunciation remains an embarrassing concern. A tree does not stand alone, and yet another coexistence comes to the fore. Viruses are said not to be living, but obligate parasites, with a modus operandi, Latin again, of taking over living cells to replicate. Generally, not good news to our tree. A tree does not stand alone, and a visit to the Sierra Nevada, USA, took me out of the comfort zone of just dealing with squirrels. Bears are a serious contender in the extensive forest areas, and a walk in the woods requires some knowledge of Ursus. They can sure climb trees. I find the biggest cone I have ever seen, the wine bottle-sized sugar pine. A member of the Pinus genus. Yes, I can remember that. A tree does not stand alone, and some human influences wish to remove trees for reasons such as light, structure disruption, aphids and birds. Birds are particular users of trees and gaily whiz around the wooded areas and, of course, use them as homes. They seem to have generated a louder singing voice at present. The Woodland Trust put out a succinct article on birdsong with recordings. I now have a number of problems. An earworm of the wood pigeon incessantly cooing, My toe bleeds, Betty. My toe bleeds, Betty. Birdsongs that I cannot yet identify. Squirrels sounding like birds and are even more Latin. I sympathise with the blackbird, which has a lovely song but the unfortunate given name of Turdus Marula. Not so friendly a bird name, I think. Then there is the double-barrelled named Wren in Latin, Troglodytes troglodytes. Troglodyte is usually considered an insult related to living in a cave. A tree does not stand alone and is frequently invaded by insects. Ants march up and down on their relentless mission for food. Other animals diligently search out tree-based insects for food. Woodlice, not a particular threat to sound wood, are often revealed in damp woody areas. Interestingly, the common names given to them are a good indicator of the provenance of the person using the specific name. In my case, they are Cheese logs, placing me near Reading. Pretty close. In fact, they are not insects, but crustaceans called Onisidia because they live in old wood. In 2019, we took an extensive trip around the countries of East Asia. There are a lot of trees, including the fascinating Banyan tree 
that has a habit of fully enveloping other things to allow it to stand, but not alone. Trees are not standalone, and in the montane rainforest on the top of Penang Hill, Malaysia, the eco-part called the habitat is privately maintained. It is a fascinating world hosted by trees. Our personal zoologist guide describes the forest as a society of symbiotic alliances, deceit, treachery and premature death. In 2017, a new species of crab was discovered in the park, the Highland Vampire Crab. The guide finds one. The crustacean is a long way from the sea on the top of an 800 metre hill in a forest. I am still incompetent in the world that is trees. But the Birmingham tree people are helping me to improve this. I do not stand alone in the world of trees.